Welcome to the Dr. Pascal Podcast. Dr. Pascal Nguyen is America's integrative dentist. He will provide you with a weekly show to help you overcome, fix, and deal with some of your most serious health issues. The ironic thing is that most of the advice and tools he provides will not necessarily focus on your mouth. Dr. Pascal has built the nation's leading dental practice for treating general health-related issues by treating the mouth. Patients come from all over the world to have their ongoing health issues healed, and Dr. Pascal will do the same for you. Welcome to the Dr. Pascal Podcast. So, Dr. Wood, um, welcome to the Dr. Pascal Win Podcast. Um, I'm very excited to uh, have you uh, on our podcast today. Um, I heard some wonderful things about um, how you can uh, help um, heal trauma, and I'm very, very excited to uh, to learn about um, about what you can do. Um, um, as my understanding that um, um, some of the things you do to heal, I do, but in a different kind of more physical way with with the toxins and traumas and stresses I remove, but um, if you could please, uh, Don, uh, uh, Dr. Wood, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no, th- I'm excited to be on here because I reading what you do, I'm really fascinated as well. Um, you know, you've, you've got obviously a great uh, practice on what you're doing. It made a lot of sense to me what you're doing. So what, what I did was really develop an approach to, I believe that trauma is creating inflammation in the body, unresolved trauma. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is the mind is not okay with it. And your subconscious survival brain is always in the present. Yeah. Looking at that old data in real time and keeps activating your nervous system. And so I always talk yep. about uh, activations, not triggers, because I like the word activation because trigger sounds negative and violent. Okay. You know, our our minds and bodies are not being violent or negative. They're responding to something, right? Calling us into an action. So what I have found is, is that we can eliminate it where everything else is all being around living, managing, and coping with it. And I said, why aren't we fixing it? So my wife and daughter dealt with trauma in their lives and, and I didn't have any. So I sort of knew what the model was that we can live in this sort of sense of peace And so I didn't have any real trauma as a child growing up. And so my nervous system stayed very regulated. You know, I got bumped here and there, you know, by a teacher or a friend. But most of the time I was living in pretty much a peaceful, you know, loving home with no anger in our home, no, no kind of like tension. Everything was pretty calm. So I believe that that helped me stay healthy all my life. I've been healthy. I've lived in Florida now 30 years, never been to a doctor, right? I played hockey. I'm originally from Canada. So I had 30 stitches or 60 stitches and six concussions in my head, right? But apart from that, that was about the only time I ended up having to go to the doctor. You're a true hockey player. Yes. Canadian hockey player. The scars to prove it, but I'm also a Canadian ex Canadian hockey player, by the way. I saw that, but it said that you, were you uh, from Montreal? Correct, yes. Well, we, we can't like each other now because I'm from Toronto, so. Yeah, nobody's perfect. 
that's right. Yeah, I saw that in Montreal. That was uh, on your uh, information. I was like, oh no, Montreal. We're gonna have yeah. a battle right away. I will tell you. Uh, maybe this will help. But when they traded a player that I really liked, um, even though I had a Montreal Canadian tattoo on my heart, I actually switched teams a few years ago. What? And that's right. I wow. uh, I did a short stint in uh, Vegas um, when they started their team, and then when I discovered um, Connor's McDan or McDavid. Um, I switched over there, so I'm now a Oilers fan. Really? Wow. Does that help? Does that help a little bit? <laughs> I, I feel better already. All right. Yeah, <laughs> my nervous system came back into regulation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. By the way, um, everything you're saying totally makes sense to me. Um, uh, um, I I see, you know, like I talk about sympathetic versus parasympathetic. Um to every single patient, you know, and of course, you know, the emotional component of activating sympathetic, disactivating parasympathetic um, starts to elucidate the connection to physiological changes, yeah. you know, and, and it's very devastating because I believe that we have so much of that stress. Of course, psychological one traumas are huge you know, PTSD and things like that. But um, even stressors from environment, toxins, um, infections, you know, glyphosate, mercury, lead, all these things, they're all types of stressors. And once you have a stress, um, it, it messes with your hormones, it messes with your sleep, which is a further stressor, you know, And then a bad cycle goes on. It's very difficult to break. So I'm, I'm keen to hear about, you know, how you address that. Yeah, because that's what I discovered from really the research that I had to do. Because my daughter, my wife, you know, she was high functioning. She didn't get into, you know, any kind of major problem. She has, she has Hashimoto's, but that wasn't discovered till much later. Um, so she didn't get into drugs or alcohol, but was just living in fear. And then when my daughter was 14, she was diagnosed with Crohn's and they told us, well, there's no cure for Crohn's, right? Um, we don't know what causes it. She just needs to manage it for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. She ended up doing four resections. It took 24 inches out of her intestine. So she really, really struggled. And then when she, um, she's an actress, so she was living out in, in Hollywood and she lost her SAG insurance because she kept getting sick with the Crohn's. So she moved back up to Canada so she could do the acting up in Toronto and use her Canadian insurance. And she ended up be, uh, being rushed to the hospital. Her lungs started filling up with blood. She was coughing up blood. And so they had her in ICU for three and a half weeks. And they uh, came back and said she has idiopathic pulmonary hemosiderosis, another autoimmune disorder. Yeah. So that's when my wife said, you need to figure this out because we're going to lose our daughter. So that's when I started to do the research. Okay. What I discovered is that it's a glitch. It's an error message. Our mind is continuing to look at memory in real time, constantly activating the nervous system. That's creating inflammation. That inflammation compromises our immune system. So people get sicker and it mm -hmm. compromises our neurotransmitters. So we start to feel bad. Yeah. 
if you go in to get help, they're going to just put you on medications to try to manage it all. And so that's when I started looking at it saying, why are we not fixing it? And so I started looking at what's the brain doing? How is the brain responding to this? And that's when I started to discover that when we have these traumatic events and experiences, it's actually affecting the brain. So the area, the occipital lobes, the temporal lobes start to become active when it starts recalling memory. And so it's actually visually looking at that data in real time. So if your mind thinks that there's a threat happening now, it makes sense that your mind would be responding to it. So what I say is, if you have an emotion, a feeling, or a sensation, your mind is calling for an action. The purpose of fear is to escape a threat. The purpose of anger is to attack a threat. So if somebody thinks about something that happened to them 10 years ago and their heart starts racing, right? Their mind is looking at what happened to them 10 years ago in real time. Then it activates the nervous system to get you to run. But it thinks you can run now, but you can't run now. It's over. Yeah. So yeah. If that continues to happen. That's going to affect everything in our system. Like as you were just saying, physiologically, it's like getting in your car, stepping on the gas to put your foot all the way down to the floor, but using the brakes to have you going 30. You're going to wear out the system, the brakes, yeah. the transmission, the engine. That's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. And so I never had that. So I was able to, you know, I could get bumped. I could get activated a little bit. But as soon as I came home, I had this very safe environment. So I would regulate my nervous system again. Mm -hmm. So I was naturally learning how to do it because I had a very unique home. My wife didn't have that. So she never had that rest kind of period. So she couldn't get into a parasympathetic system very often, right? Because she was constantly stressed. Right. That sense? Absolutely. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. So she just, just struggled with fear all the time. So I could say something like, you know, no, I don't want to do that. And she, you, she would get upset and start to cry and say, why are you mad? I go, I'm not <laughs> mad. She'd go, well, yes, you are. You said it like you were mad. And I said, no, I didn't say it like that. Right. So what I didn't realize is that, People who have had trauma, right, are highly sensitive to sound. She could hear things in my voice, slight little tension changes that may have nothing to do with what we're talking about. But she, in her mind, interprets that as a threat. Because okay. as a child, her father would lose it at times. So she was very, very interested in listening very carefully to his voice tone because she could then discover when he was starting to get mad. That was mm. her own defense system, trying to protect her. So is she, I don't know if we could say, become hypersensitive and that's why she's detecting things more in your voice? Or is she like um, constantly running like uh, memory? It's a combination. So the memory's not running until it gets activated. So what happens is, I discovered something called the time slice theory. And the time slice theory was developed by two scientists at the University of Zurich that said, is consciousness streaming? And most people feel like, yeah, it's a continuous flow of information, but it's not. Your subconscious survival brain, it's streaming. 
So your subconscious mind is seeing it in real time. And it processes this new information coming in and then sends pieces or time slices to your consciousness. But there's a 400 millionth of a second gap in between the slices. Wow. So what's happening is, is your subconscious mind processes it and then sends pieces 400 millionths of a second later. That's still pretty quick. But what that's when I realized that what's happening is in that 400 millionths of a second, your subconscious mind is doing a Google search. What do we know about this new information coming in? Have we seen it, heard it, experienced it? Goes into, into memory, starts viewing data from memory, and then sees it in real high, de high definition traumatic memory in real time, then activates the nervous system before you're even consciously aware of it. And so that's where the issue's coming in. So when I would say, no, I don't want to do that, right? What my wife would hear is the tension change. And then wow. that would activate the memory, right? So it wasn't running until that happened. Okay. Right? So that's not like a, an actual chemical imbalance or, no. wow. No. That's and that's why people come in and they'll say, oh, I have a chemical imbalance. And I'll go, why? Why would you have, what, what would be going on, right, to create that? Right, because your mind's not going to do it, as, as you know. You're you're a holistic guy, right? So we know that our minds and bodies are designed to heal. What's interfering with its ability to heal? Well, if it's in a constant state of stress, right, it doesn't want to do maintenance. So I was mentioning, you know, I, I had six concussions, sixty stitches in my head. I never missed a hockey game. I played through all of those injuries, and they used to just say, "Well, you heal really fast." And I, I would, I guess so, it must be genetic, but I was adopted, so we didn't know my genetic history. And so the idea was, but I believe now why I know I healed fast is I'm getting two or three times the restorative rest and sleep that my teammates were getting. So an injury that could take them out for two weeks would only have an effect on me for two or three days. And I'm okay. right back healing. And I believe like, that, yeah. And so, and I've been like that all my life. So I don't, I don't get sick. I don't, you know, if I get injured, I heal really fast. Um, and I've always been like that. I believe that had to do with my environment, not my genetics. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, and if I think about like, is this like um, applied to kind of any kind of trauma? I mean, of course, more psychological, but I guess I'm, I'm thinking about dentistry, you know, I've, I've, I'll see a wide range of my clients where some I don't even need to numb and they feel no pain to others where I haven't even started and they start crying, you know, yeah. and, you know, they had some history of, um, so do you see that in all the spheres, you know, and I guess eventually the question would become how you deal with that. Yeah, so a lot of the times if they're coming in and they're scared, it may not even be because of a, an experience with a dentist. It could just be fear, right, of some sort of pain or lack of control or being, you know, uh, put under, right? There could be all kinds of different things that create that fear for them. Um, I remember as a child, I had a bad experience with a dentist. 
is my parents sent me to a dentist and he was older. Now, when I was a kid, everybody felt like they were old, but he was pretty old. <laughs> Cause I remember <laughs> when he, he would come with a drill to my mouth and his hand would be like shaking like this, you know, and I'm like trying to almost get my mouth to get into the, to get the drill in my mouth. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> oh, he was, and he gets so frustrated and angry. He would throw the tools at times cause he couldn't get what he wanted done. Right. That could have been really traumatic for me, right, with dentists, but it yeah. didn't really end up being. I didn't really like to go to a dentist after that, but I didn't have a real fear of it. And so when I go to my dentist now, it's the same kind of thing. They can do procedures on me and I don't even need the pain medication. And she'll, you know, she'll give me, she'll say, you know, here's some pain, you know, you know some pain medication for you in case you need it. And I never take it. I never need it. Wow. So for for clients, then what do you do when when it is a trauma that's caused by the past like that? So we actually are going to reset the memory. So what I talk about is when we have a traumatic event, all our senses are heightened, sight, smell, hearing. Okay. So it's recorded in high definition, very bright, very intense. So I do a four hour process that resets that memory because okay. it, it takes about two hours, an hour and a half to two hours for me to get them into that very restorative mindset. So if I tried to get this trauma cleared earlier, the reason I think we're getting the success we are is because we're able to get them into this very relaxed, um, restorative mindset. And then I'll ask them to bring up a two minute highlight reel of that event. And we don't do much time. I don't even need to know what it is. I can even do it just visually. And so the way I usually explain it is I'll say to somebody, can you tell me what you ate for dinner last night? And somebody will say, you know, like, I'll ask you. So what did you have for dinner last night? Um, I had Mexican food, tacos. Okay. So when I asked you that, you looked up. So when you watch the recording, you'll see you looked up. Right. Okay. <laughs> so you saw pictures, right, of what you ate or maybe where yeah. you ate, right? That's yeah. how you stored the information about dinner last night. But okay. it wasn't threatening or disturbing. So it's stored as a fairly routine file, right? Not a lot of intensity. Okay. But that being a threatening, disturbing event, all your senses would be heightened. So you'd be taking in a tremendous amount of detail into that memory. You go into a very high beta brainwave state. So you're cycling at probably close to 30 hertz or cycles per second. Lots of detail in that memory. So okay. what I do through the process, through the four-hour process, is I'll get your mind to reset about three different events into the same format as to what you ate for dinner last night. And then it starts to restore all that memory. It starts okay. going through the whole system. And so I'll have people, they'll... I'll, I'll take them through a process where they've had one of those memories, like the Boston Marathon bombing. You know, I worked with a lady, she'd been suffering for five and a half years with post-traumatic stress. I take her through the four hour process. She can talk about it with no problem now, no shame. Wow. And it was like, how do you do that? And I said, well, for five and a half years, your mind's been trying to get you to run from the bomb. Because every time you talk about the Boston Marathon, your mind sees the bomb going off. And it thinks something's happening. So it's calling for an action. Emotions, feelings, sensations are calls for actions. So fear makes sense if there's a threat. 
right? But if there's no threat, it's information about a threat, we should not be feeling fear. It should just be a data read, right? Okay. Are there some some types of clients that this works better with than others? Um, not really. So the only time I have any real problem with somebody is if they um, have been heavily medicated and I can't get the mind to reprocess that information. So that sometimes becomes difficult. Um, okay. I had one guy come in, he was literally drunk. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to try it anyway and see what I could do. And, you know, I got him to sit through the four hours, but I, I just couldn't get it to really stick. So sometimes that can create an issue. But most times people who come in really do want to get the help. So they're, they're very um, patient. They're very understanding. They go through the whole process and they follow up because I do the four hours and then for uh, 30 days of audios that they listen to that reinforces the session. Okay. And so sometimes what happens is they feel so good after the four hours, they're like, well, I don't think I need to do the audios, but the audios enhance it and strengthen it. They still do get a lot out of the four hours anyway, but they can continue to improve it and strengthen it if they want. We're sort of building new neural pathways with the four okay. hours, with the uh, 30 days of audios. So how, I don't know if I can say how many, but like you don't suffer from that. Your, your daughter, your wife did. Um, like, do you, would you say most people suffer from, from some level of, of that kind of fear? Yeah, I believe, especially childhood abuse, I believe oh. is the real pandemic. I believe that the childhood abuse is affecting the health. So all these people who are getting COVID or getting really sick with COVID or dying from COVID, I believe a contributing factor to that was their trauma. Wow. So their system is worn down. Yeah. Right? It's that yeah. constant gas break metaphor. Okay. So now you get hit with COVID and all of a sudden your system can't fight. It doesn't have the, the, uh, the strength to fight it. Okay. So if, if someone identifies to what you're saying and they want to go through your process of what they need to do. Um, just go to our website. It's called the Inspired Performance Institute. You can see all the testimonials, like I said, from Boston Marathon, Vegas shootings, um, you know, veterans who have gone through post-traumatic stress. But I call the program a performance program. The whole idea is, uh, I don't talk about trauma therapy. This is a performance program. What's interfering with you performing at your next level? So I work with athletes, CEOs, executives who just want to, but they're dealing with this unresolved trauma. Yeah. That, so you see somebody who's really high functioning. The guy, guy's making $2 million a year, obviously doing pretty good. But he would shut down in the fourth quarter every year. And it was coming from some childhood trauma that he didn't even realize was having that effect on him. He would just lose, he would be afraid to lose money at the end of the year because it was the highest risk for the kind of, he was doing options and stocks and derivatives. So that was usually the riskiest time of year. So his mind would try to protect him and sort of shut down. He couldn't get motivated. He would just make excuses. And his fourth quarter was usually not very good. So you did a 
memory reset as part of this program. Yes. To him, for him not to shut down after two million type of thing. Yes. So what his mind would be doing was trying to protect them. Like, and, and the reason where it came from is his father was his mentor and his hero. And so he loved his father. His father was a very successful guy, but went bankrupt four times. And so he said, I remember childhood memories of flying in private jets and then having to move in the middle of the night because we were being chased by creditors. And then oh, we'd yeah. be back in a private jet. Right? That could be traumatizing. Be yeah. And so yeah. that so hit that fear of don't lose what I've got would come about. And so he would not even realize why, but all, he just couldn't get into work. Couldn't he'd make excuses, you know, I just need a holiday, I need a break, right? I'm gonna take some time off. And then he just couldn't get back. And then the fourth quarter would end, he'd be right back in it. And so that was last year. So he, he called me on December 15th and said, today's my final day. <laughs> I went all the way through <laughs> the December 15th this year. That is best year ever. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, but for him to, like, how did he seek you out? How did he realize that he's shutting down or was it an accident? You know, like, he did he, like, oh, you know, why do I stop performing after the third quarter? Or you guys were just chatting in general and then came to that conclusion well he he actually did know that so he had identified that okay. for some reason because it was causing stress with his partners and okay. he knew it was coming up again so okay. he came to see me i think it was in may and so he knew you know he's finishing this going to be finishing the second quarter going to be going to third so he was saying like i, I want to figure out why i'm doing this like i don't understand why and until i explained to him how his mind was trying to protect him from losing his 2 million, that he didn't even understand why it would do it, that that kind of trauma from his childhood, this okay. is a pretty high functioning guy, like $2 million a year is a pretty decent amount of money to be making. So Not bad, yeah. all the success, you know, he had all of that. So everybody would look at that and go, what's this guy, what's his problem? He couldn't possibly <laughs> have a problem, right? Right, yeah. yeah. But lots of high performers have that same issue. Okay. That's, um, that's quite amazing. So when um, you started, you know, investigating that and putting that together for, I guess, your daughter and for your wife, did they go through the same process? Yeah. So it was actually really for my, my daughter because my okay. wife was high functioning, but it really did benefit her. Right. But that wasn't the main, the main reason why it was like, if we don't find something for her, this lung issue could kill her. Because uh, they told us, they said her lungs could fill up in 15 minutes, so she should live near a hospital. So that was their response to it. There was no answer for it. There was no cure for it. And so when I realized through all my research that it was this trauma, when we got the trauma resolved, she hasn't had a Crohn's flare up and hasn't had a lung issue. That's incredible. And, and I believe that that was where it was being uh, coming from. There's no other thing that she did differently. So wow. that was the only thing that she's done. So yeah, I think I mean, a lot of those autoimmune issues are coming from trauma. So, you know, when I talk to my clients, my patients, you know, they come to me for a different reason, but I always check, 
you know, to some level, I actually measure um, heart rate variability, which is a really good indication of, yeah. you know, sympathetic versus parasympathetic. And, you know, I can't go into all the causes. And of course, I specialize in removing toxins, which are stressors, you know, in the mouth and infections in the mouth, which are also stressors. But when, when I'm looking at these things and I can sort of sense that um, it might be a trauma because I, I already have like a few names in, in my head of clients who I can tell are overreacting to things in ways that seem to be like from trauma. Um, what would you recommend I do? You know, of course they should go to you, but are there some like tips that the everyday person can kind of use um, to, to help kind of cope with that? Well, the, the typical kind of stuff that people are going to try to do is the breathing, meditation, things like that to try to calm, you know, go back into a parasympathetic state. The problem is, is if you don't get to the root of the problem, you're going to be constantly doing that. Okay. So it's funny. I, I use this as an example all the time. I said, if you went to your dentist with a toothache, <laughs> right, and your dentist numbed it up and then gave you a pamphlet on how to live with toothaches, Right you probably wouldn't go back to that dentist. You'd want an answer to it. Like either right. fix it or take it out, right? Yeah. So the idea is to get to the root of the issue, what's causing it so that you can then fix it. So those things are okay for managing, but long-term, they're having an effect somewhere you okay. know, in the system. And, and I love what you do because you've got that perfect combination of dentistry and naturopath, right? And all that holistic. I believe that what you're doing and what, what I'm doing is the wave of the future. I think that's the way it's going to be done in the future. It's just tradi mm -hmm. I've had, I think in the last two months, four MDs come to me, right? Who have said, I, I'm tired of the way we do things. I, I want a different way of doing it. We're not, yeah. we're, we're basically just patching people up. We're not fixing them. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a, a lot of it's coming back to what you're saying about the root cause, you know, like you could give medication for this and that. But where is it coming from? Of course, you know, traumas and, and emotional issues are, you know, a, a cause I did not realize to what extent. And so talking to you, but, you know, like um, a lot, like, for example, you talk about immunity, you know, and that causes all kinds of reaction. I think you said your wife suffers or suffered from Hashimoto yeah, yeah you know and to me that's the first thing I think about is stress and inflammation for that yeah you know I I, I don't just think about oh the body is react is attacking the thyroid which it is but that's the result you know yeah yet most doctors will just give something to calm down immunity so it doesn't attack them but they don't like it's that same thing about numbing you were saying for the dentist and so yeah I, I believe you're you're right you know i mean regular medicine should be treating the cause you know and then sometimes we need interventions we do need regular medicines for you know surgeries traumas you know big accident and things of course you know I, i'm not saying it's all bad but i think you know we've gotten to a point where we give medications freely you know, to kind of cover symptoms without really looking at what the cause is. And not only we're we missing the cause, but we're kind of feeding a bad 
you know, like it's having secondary effects on the body that are not, not really healthy. Yeah. And, and you, you understand, I mean, how much time, a lot of times when, you know, doctors with their patients, they have minutes. Right. So it's very hard to go deep into figuring out what the problem is. So right. they want to provide relief for them. So you get that, like, here's some relief, which, you know, like we said, medication does provide some relief, but it's not fixing it. So you just have, you know, it's the dentist, you know, analogy of you just keep numbing it. Right. Well, at some point you've got to deal with it. Yeah. And if you don't, That's... it's going to have an effect on other areas. Yeah. That's a great example. Well, that, that, that was absolutely wonderful. Um, Dr. Wood, I'm so grateful to, to get to know you and to hear about what you do. Um, I, I'm, I think you've changed my paradigm, you know, about both, um, the intensity and, and, you know, the relation, I knew there was a connection between having stress trauma and, and, you know, how it manifests itself, but you really cleared up like the pathways and mostly, you know, it seems like you've discovered a, a really effective way of, you know, a process to, to deal with that. Um, and I'm very excited to, uh, to, to, to learn more. Um, and uh, if you could tell me again, I know you told us earlier um, um, how to reach you and, and how, where we can go to, to get more information about what you do. Yeah, so definitely check out our website, which is the Inspired Performance Institute. You can check out the testimonials. We have different ways of delivering it. One, you can come and see me directly one-on-one. -on -one. I take you okay. through the whole four hours. I do it via Zoom because I do that all over the world with people. Wow. But we also have an online version of it. So oh, okay. it's just video modules that you go through on your own. It okay. takes you through all the education, the science, and the techniques to go through. So okay. for really good, high-functioning people, it's a very effective system, you know, because they can do it. And so we get great results with that. Wow. Um, so the, and then I'm doing groups as well. So I can do a group of, say, 25 people. The last one I did was 25 executives from a company who all sat in the same room together, nobody shares a trauma. And I take them <laughs> through the process. So it's very safe. Nobody's having to disclose anything that they're dealing with. And then um, it is very, very effective. We actually been doing brain mapping to show how much the brain is changing. And we're getting an average of about 46% change in brain plasticity. Wow. That, that's not a, a spec. Um scan right that's just like uh yeah it's sort of the neurofeedback brain scan sort of measuring okay. the electrical you know connectivity of the brain i'd love to do spec okay. scans too they're just so expensive they are yeah but the spec yeah. scans would show the same thing and wow uh, that's so exciting to hear like i i mean I, i'm just falling in love with what you do you know i think it's so one groundbreaking but two like life-changing you know i i've had some personal experiences with similar things like i remember um when you know i moved from canada to the u.s i was so afraid to get bills i couldn't go to the mailbox yeah i mean i i was terrified to go to the mailbox and for the longest time i didn't realize it of course you know like I, I didn't know your process and 
for you know different reasons i i, I kind of graduated from that but it was really a trauma for me <laughs> yeah and it's you know you're a high functioning guy i mean very well educated very successful in your fields and that all everybody's dealing with something to some degree yeah yeah and so yeah. it takes all of that you know shame and guilt out of it there's not and I, so i say to everybody there's nothing wrong with you that happened for a reason your mind's trying to protect you and what i what I always say is when people say, oh, I sabotage myself. I go, that's impossible. The brain's <laughs> survival-based. It, it will never sabotage itself. It wants to stop pain, right, and avoid pain. So it, that's a big motivator. So your mind maybe is thinking, we're going to run into pain if we continue. If we go out to that mailbox, there's going to be some pain there, right? So let's not go out to the mailbox. Pretty simple solution. So your mind wasn't trying to sabotage you. But if you, I mean, let's take it to an extreme. If you just said, I'm not going to look at my bills, right? And then you'd say, well, yeah. look what I did to myself. I sabotaged myself. Well, no, your mind was like, okay, we're still safe. Right? We don't have to deal right, with it. Right, right, right. So wow. I, I just worked with a guy. I actually did a, a webinar with him. He, um, high-functioning guy, very successful business guy, met me in April at an event, said, I heard you could clear panic attacks. And I said, yeah, he says, I've had 40 years of panic attacks. And he said, like, I have to walk around with a box of Xanax. He said, I can't leave my home without my phone and my Xanax. He says, oh, I will have a panic attack for sure. And so anyway, I took him through the program and he just had me on this webinar. He was telling everybody about it. He says, no more Xanax, no more panic attacks. He said, wow. 40 years of it. And so he was sharing it with all his customers because he was doing a webinar. He's a golf guy. There's a lot of stuff with golf and I'm a big yeah. golfer. So I just wrote my third book called the 15th club. And it says playing out of you play out of your mind. And I talk <laughs> about how the brain works on how, when we play golf, how okay. the brain can interfere with our ability, right. To perform at our highest level. So when I work with the professional golfers, I, I take them through that same process. We've got to get all that old data out of the way so you could perform at your highest level. Wow. Well, that, that's quite amazing, you know, like a, for, for you to be able to fix an issue like that's been around for 40 years, like in four hours like that, you have to really go to the cause, the root, like to really, and most people don't know that. So that's, that's quite impressive. And, and that's why what we do in the four hours, I give you all the science and education behind what I learned. And then when people understand why it's doing this, it's like everybody says the same thing. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Of course, <laughs> my mind would be if it saw a danger right now, even though yeah. it was 10 years old, doesn't it make sense? Your mind would be saying run because it yeah. thinks it's real. Yeah. So, but they don't realize that because they're just driving in their car and their heart starts beating in their chest. Right, because they didn't even realize that their mind started a process of looking at old data. So wow. they're thinking something's wrong with me. But there's nothing wrong with you. Your mind's doing something for a reason. Yeah, to protect itself. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Don, uh, um, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, for sharing your your great expertise with us. Uh, would you tell us your website one more time? 
Yep. So it's inspired with a D performanceinstitute.com. Okay. Perfect. Inspired performance Institute.com. Um, thank you for joining us today on the Dr. Pascal Nguyen um, podcast. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you soon again. Yeah. I'd love to have you on mine as well. I'd love to share what you're doing. You're doing some amazing yeah. work as well. That would be love to. I think, um, yeah. I would love to anytime. Yeah, that's definitely. We'll get that set up. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you again. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye bye.